Hi, this is Ben Gislason, voice of the Iowa Wild, and you're listening to the Tomahawk Roundup. All right, so what is going on, guys? This is Frank Zorowski here with the Tomahawk Roundup, and I am joined by the voice of the American Hockey League's Iowa Wild, Ben Gislason. Ben, how are you today? Uh, Frank, I'm great, pal. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. Looking forward to chatting. Yeah, great to have you on. So you actually started out your hockey career as a player. I mean, explain about going from on the ice to in the booth, along with a certain goal that made it to Sports Center Top 10. <laughs> you did your homework. Yeah, uh, I was I was blessed to be thrown onto skates at a very young age growing up in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area in the suburbs. And uh, I, I cobbled together a, a somewhat decent hockey career that spanned uh, high school hockey where I was uh, – blessed enough to be a part of two state tournaments in Minnesota, which was a blast. We actually, we won twice uh, with Breck High School where I played, and, and that was the, the game, uh, first game of the state tournament. My senior year, we scored, I think it was at the time, a state record for goals in a period against our first round opponent, which was a high seed versus a low seed. And I had one of the goals, and it managed to make its way onto Sports Center. That's my, uh, that's my very minimal claim to fame as a player. Um, and then uh, played in the North American League for, for a couple of years and then ended up playing NCAA Division Three hockey with uh, St. Olaf College for two years and then Concordia College for two years uh, in the MIAC, which is a NCAA D3 conference in Minnesota where actually uh, St. Thomas, which is now Division One, they were in our division at the time. Um, so, yeah, it's given me a unique perspective on the game and, and to do what I do from a play-by-play perspective. And I, I, I'm very grateful for the time that I had and I, I do think that there are some ways that I try to take what I learned and my ability to hopefully interpret the game properly as I did as a player and try to turn that into perspective in yeah. the broadcast. Yeah, and that's that's what's great about your broadcast because we can tell that you've been a player. You know, it's it's like even in the, in the minors, you know, sometimes guys don't have a color commentator. So it's really helpful to have a playing background where you can wrap it all together with a nice little bow in a sense. Yeah, it is, and you're exactly right. There are only a select number of teams in in our con- or in our league that that have full time play by play and color commentators. And for me, it's really been a litany of different people. I've tried to scrape and, and corral some people this year, and I've had some people that have been returning color commentating guests. I've got to work with Pat Nicoletti, um, who's a well known name out of Minnesota, former mm-hmm. NHLer and, and Golden Gopher. Of course, his brother Joe, a very well-known color commentator in, in for NBC Sports and also uh, also an MSG out for the Rangers. But uh, him and a few others have, have, have sprinkled across the, the airwaves on KXNO here in Des Moines for me. But you're right, the majority of it is you're on your own, and it's, it's three hours um, of just you filling air. And I, I, I try to do a little bit of both because it can be a little bit uh, grating if you just Miller to Smith, Smith to Miller the whole time, I mean, you have to kind of ebb and flow in and out of, of the actual play-by-play and then giving that analysis too, which without having a color commentator can be a little bit difficult at times. So I, 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 I'm glad that you notice it. I hope that other people notice it, that it is what I, I try to do in my call is to give a little bit of both ends so it's not so much of the same for the entirety of that three hours, right. that could uh, that could send the listener to a different broadcast pretty quickly if it was just 
over and over and over again repetitive play-by-play for three straight hours. Yeah, you know, you're talking about the the color commentary and the ebb and flow. I mean, it's all about cadence, and it's a marathon, not a sprint, as I've been told, which is basically every game and the entire season. It is, and I think the one thing that I was was taught when I was first coming out of college uh, to get into this business back in 2016 when I was throwing my tape in front of everybody that uh, would potentially give it a listen or a watch was it's all about repetition and it's all about just getting in front of a microphone or making those mistakes because it will help you to point out the areas that you are falling short in and then you can focus on them and make them better and one of the biggest things that I noticed from probably my first real season of doing it um, which was uh, I'd kind of skirted around in Minnesota after I graduated and just done everything that I could get my hands on, whether it was lacrosse or football or uh, I almost did a parade one time, which would have been a real, real blast. I didn't get to do it, but I was, I, to this day, I'm upset that I never got to do a parade on radio. I thought that'd be really fun and interesting. Yeah. But anyway, after that, I, I got to the Des Moines Buccaneers in the USHL. And my second year, I remember going back and listening to my tape after that year compared to year one and how much I had slowed down was really, really noticeable. And every single year I noticed that more. I think that's the big thing about you develop your cadence and you develop your ability to pick the right words and not just try to cram a thousand pounds of words into a hundred pound bag. And that's the one thing that when you really listen to the great ones, they know how to pick the right words. They don't just jam as many words as they can jam into a sentence. And that's the one thing that younger broadcasters, I I think, is so important is just to get repetition because you'll notice even just by default because you're doing more games, you'll naturally slow down because you'll get more comfortable, more cognizant of what you're actually saying, and it won't just feel – the game won't feel as fast to you as it does when you first start. Yeah, I I had the exact same experience, Ben. You know, a couple months ago, I was up in Alexandria uh, doing some broadcasts for a prep school, North Star up there, and I had done seven games in three days. And I remember the first game, I didn't sound too hot, and I got a bunch of texts, slow down, slow down. So I took a couple deep breaths, and by the seventh game, it was really almost like I had just kick back and relax and was more comfortable like you said in the broadcast booth yeah it's it's funny even in a short stretch like you just mentioned frank that you can notice it and it's so true uh especially in the scenario like i'm sure you had up there or maybe you were doing the same teams or some of the same players over and over again then it really really starts to go into cruise control at times yeah, it really does because, you know, you've got the same names, the same positions. You can tell who's who, and that that's that's how it really works. You know, you, you talk, talk to us about the 2019 draft in Vancouver. You know, you worked for the USHL, had the privilege of covering it for the league, and interviewed many top-tier players. You know, how did that experience help you grow as a media member? Yeah, it was quite an experience, and I was very, very blessed to be able to work both the 2018 and 2019 NHL drafts Mm -hmm. with the USHL. Uh, Those were tremendous experiences for me. Uh, I remember when we were walking into the 
uh, arena up which uh, in Vancouver, which I think was still maybe GM place at the time. Like, or maybe, I think it was Rogers Arena at that point. Um, but in Vancouver, and I bumped shoulders with someone next to me, and it was Joe Sackick. No kidding. Security. Yeah, I know. And 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 I, I I grew up. I was I grew up in a broadcasting family, so my my father has. I've been blessed to be able to meet a number of different high end sports people in my life. So I, I, I'm not easily starstruck. And I tell you what, like I, I bumped shoulders with him and we kind of made eye contact and he probably saw the on <laughs> when I noticed it was him. I didn't say anything, of course, you know, sorry. And just let him, let him go on his business. Um, the, the thing there that I really remember gleaning from it is just the, the, the lights and the camera and, there was pressure that came with it. The first draft I went to in 2018 in Dallas, uh, I got pegged to do the first really USHL tie pick, which was Brady Kachuk out of the NTDP. Who oh, got yeah. Selected. I think it was seventh overall. Um, so it was a high pick. And, you know, you've got you're, – you're waiting behind TSN. You're waiting behind Sportsnet. You're waiting behind – at the time it was NBC – and you're sitting there watching these people who you watch on television every day go, and then you're like, well, you're, you're chatting with uh, Ottawa's PR person. You're up next, kid. And so there you go, and you've got Brady Kachuk next to you, and you've got 30 seconds to ask him the right questions. And, and I just remember it was nerve-wracking, and it was fun for me because when the lights went on, I do feel like I calmed down and I asked some good pertinent questions, um, which was fun for me. Uh, and so... That was that was a great experience for me to grow and, and to prove to myself that I could step into the limelight and, and deliver, and then to do do it again that following season up in Vancouver. Uh, not only just to, to go to that, but to see Vancouver, which was just spectacular. I actually spent that extra day there after the draft was over. I have a friend up there, and we went up uh, the Gold Coast. I'm not sure if any listeners will know the Vancouver area in your uh, the Tomahawk Roundup field, but it was a great place. I highly recommend going to check it out. It's a beautiful area. So, yeah, both were extremely, uh, extremely um, uh, influential experiences for me, and I certainly hope that someday I get to go back, even if it's not as a, a media member, but just to be a part of the draft because there's such a tremendous buzz that comes with that day. And you just you get to see so many great smiles on, on parents' faces, on the players' faces, obviously, and for all the people that come and show up at those drafts to support the young men and, of course, the young women that have been a big part of those, uh, those campaigns for those kids. Yeah, you know, talking about the 2019 draft, I remember, I remember that draft very well, the, the Jack Hughes-Capococco um, draft with Doc in third. So I, I'm, I remember that all too well. So it was, it's, like you said, the lights come on and you just, they, they throw you in there and then you just do what you have to do, basically. And a funny note on that 18 draft, I remember right before I went on, and this isn't live, I mean, you're, you're doing these recordings that are going to go on social media for the USHL, but nonetheless, I mean, you only got one shot at it. Right. I had uh, I had our uh, uh, one of the media members in the USHL, uh, who at the time I believe would have been, um, I think it was social media director, or it was one of the, the media figureheads of the league, texted me and said, um, make sure to ask about uh, his connection. Um, boy, I cannot remember the name. There was a player who he had played at, uh, who Brady had played with at BU with, 
who was a member of the Ottawa Senators until that day. And then he got traded actually to Colorado. And I got texted to, to say, hey, check in about that with Brady. And so I checked in with Brady about that. And he said, well, I was looking forward to it, but he just got traded earlier today. So that was a total egg on my face moment. I'm like, oh, great. Here I am with Brady Kachuk, and I'm asking him stupid questions. Um, but And that's another element, too, is like you have to forgive yourself and you have to make mistakes because that's part of the gig. And you, I, I hate to break it to any young broadcasters out there that think the minute you, you get to the high levels, you stop making mistakes, you keep making them. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're never going to go away. You hear them every night, even at the highest levels of hockey. But uh, that was a fun memory for me at the time. I remember just going, I was just, I was aghast at myself for making that mistake and not double-checking about where this player was. Um, but looking back on it, I think it was a moment where I can laugh now and say, way to go, first question you get with a seventh overall pick and you get your facts wrong. <laughs> no, and like you said, the mistakes keep coming no, no matter where you're at. You know, and that's so important for anyone to know at any level of broadcasting. You know, shifting to Iowa now, you know, you've been with both Des Moines with the Buccaneers in the USHL and now the voice of the Iowa Wild. How have you seen the hockey market in Iowa increase since your time in Des Moines? I, I definitely think it has. And I, I'd be I'd be lying to you if I if I came onto this podcast and said hockey or Des Moines is is all about hockey it's a massive hockey town it's not uh, football is king here uh, basketball is very very big uh, wrestling is very very big but the one thing that I noticed right away when I got down here was that there is a much bigger pocket of hockey than I initially thought there was going to be and I think one of the big things for for the city of Des Moines that has been really important and to tie that into my organization currently has been the community rink foundation that the Iowa Wild has set up in conjunction with Wells Fargo or the bank in town here. They've done, I think it's 12, uh, 12 rinks now around the Des Moines area to help just grow the game. And I mean, it's literally growing the game from the ice up when you put up a rink somewhere and it's around the different metro areas of Des Moines. So it's, kids can be tugging on mom and dad to say hey i want to go check out this rink or i want to grab some skates can you rent me some skates can you get me a hockey stick and and then that is really from the ground up growing the game and getting building hockey fans it's not about it's not about just getting people to come out to a game here and there like you want people to become hockey fans and you want them to become hockey fans because especially especially for someone like myself i owe just about everything in my life to the game uh i mean I met my wife because I came down here to work for the Bucks. That's through hockey. Um, you know, every single person standing up in my wedding, minus one person, uh, they were all for hockey. So uh, hockey has given me so much, and that's really the thing that we're trying to demonstrate in the city of Des Moines is that this is a game where you're going to meet tremendous people. You're going to see tremendous athletes. You're going to see tremendous drama. You might see a little bit of blood on a given night, too, <laughs> for those that, that want to see some bloodletting. Um, it's got something for everyone, and, and I think we've seen the fan base grow, uh, especially with the Iowa Wild uh, recently because of the success that this team has had recently. The Des Moines Buccaneers fan base has been tried and true for many, many years, uh, and I have nothing but great things to say about that fan base because I really relished my time getting to know that fan base over on uh, Hickman Road here in Des Moines. Uh, it is a rabid fan base. It's a ravenous fan base. They love that team. They will quite literally bleed for that team, and I just think that's so cool. Yeah, it really is. You know, you're talking about 
um, Iowa, Minnesota, you know, the, the Iowa Wild has had a lot of success since coming to Iowa. You know, is there anyone on the roster that NHL fans should keep their eyes on? I know we've had some players come through here like Matt Boldy, Marco Rossi, but is there anyone on the roster right now that you're like, hey, keep an eye on him. He's he's gonna he's going places. Yeah, those are those are the top ticket names, Rossi and Boldy. I mean, we've been trying to squeeze from a marketing standpoint everything we can out of those two because they are such marquee top top end household names, both first round picks, Boldy twelve, Rossi nine. Um, so those are really really highly touted players. But um, it's interesting you ask that. I was just before uh, I, I headed home for the evening, I was doing uh, our, some interviews for our, our broadcast tomorrow as we take on the Rockford Ice Hogs, and I was checking in with Tim Army about uh, actually Mitchell Chafee, who is a guy who was an undrafted player out of UMass Amherst, and the Wild signed him to a three-year entry-level deal when he got done with his schooling, and uh, he was an all-American caliber player. Uh, he was a hockey scoring leader. But he fell through the cracks and was a late bloomer. I think this kid is dynamite. I think he has the potential to be a National Hockey League player. Tim Army told me the same thing on our interview today when I was talking with our head coach. And Chapey is 6'2". He's 198. He is a physical specimen. He plays that power forward brand of hockey that every team needs. Every team wants it. He's got a great release. He thinks the game really well. He's a consistent plus player, which Tim was talking about today. He's always plus. He's rarely a minus player. Um, he's, he led the Wild in plus minus in his rookie season last year. He's leading him again this year. Um, he's a guy that I think is really off the radar. But if he hadn't dealt with the injuries he's dealt with, he had some injuries last year. He's been injured twice this year, and then he was on AHL COVID protocols for a stretch. Um, If he hadn't have had that, I think he'd be right around a a point-of-game player because he's playing top-line minutes. He's been playing with Marco Rossi. He had a natural hat trick last Saturday, three goals in the first period. A couple of them were just beauties. Um, He's a guy that I would definitely keep my eyes on because he's smart, he works hard, and he has that frame that's built to play in the NHL. And I will be really, really intrigued to watch his career progress. Another guy, Mason Shaw, I think could be at every night on HL or sooner than later. Another fantastic story. Three ACL injuries. Holy in his smokes. Career. Yep. And he is currently right around a point of game. He's one of the leading scorers for this wild team uh, in the absence of a Boldy, in the absence of a Connor Dewar, who I think was a little bit of the biggest secret that nobody knew about last year and the last two years up in Minnesota. No one was talking about him. He went up this year in November. We haven't seen him again because that's how much Dean mm-hmm. Emerson and his staff like him up there. So there's a lot of players that don't get the love in the pub that a Rossi and a Boldy get. And trust me, Boldy and Rossi deserve every minute of that pub. pub as we're seeing Boldy right now, the, the fruits of his success. I mean, he's, on, he's almost a point a game right now in the National Hockey League. And Rossi's leading our team in scoring by a number of points. So they're both very high-end, but there's more than meets the eye to the Iowa Wild, that's for sure. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, <laughs> you're talking about so many of these players that just, they fly under the radar because they they, they aren't maybe getting the, a lot of media coverage. And when you, when you talk about a guy like Mitchell Chafee, who just seeing, seeing his numbers, because I had heard briefly of him before we got on the show, He's a big dude, and this is a guy who's overcome a lot of adversity to get where he's at today. No doubt. And anybody you talk to that's an undrafted free agent uh, is that. Adversity comes to mind. And 
they're usually guys that maybe either thought they were going to get their names called on draft day or maybe they didn't even think about it. Um, And so for him to be where he's at, to be playing top-line minutes, and there have to be people in Minnesota that are at least looking at him on a given night and going like, huh, you know, maybe, maybe for him. And I think he's going to earn his chance. I really do. Um, and and I give our, our organization credit. They've done that with a few players over the last few years here. Nico Sturm's another guy. I think about yes. who he was a rookie two seasons ago, and I don't think anybody had a clue who he was. Another undrafted player out of a relatively unknown school in Clarkson out east, and he comes in and he's I think he had 25, 30 points his rookie year. He solidified what it means to be a, a two-way defensive center, and that's exactly what he's doing now in the National Hockey League for Minnesota. Yeah, definitely a lot of great prospects down in Iowa. Ben, before we head out today, is there anything else you want to add for our listeners around the U.S., Canada, and beyond? Well, uh, well thanks for listening. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I would say for any young broadcasters that might be tuning in out there, if people check into this, uh, just keep getting in front of the microphone. Um, I mean, that's the biggest thing is keep getting on the air, no matter what it is. If you get a chance to call that parade, don't miss it like I did. Uh, (laughs) Take whatever you can get and get on the air. Don't be afraid to make mistakes uh, and have fun with it. I mean, that's the reason we do what we do is is because we want to to have a job where it maybe doesn't feel like work half the time. And um, uh, so have fun with it and enjoy it. And I've enjoyed this, Frank. Thanks for having me on. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, maybe doing it again sometime. Absolutely. Ben Gisselson, voice of the Iowa Wild. Ben, thank you so much for the time. Thank you, Frank.